Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, this is Linda Ballesteros. I am your host today on All Things Franchising. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, we're, we've got a great show planned. And... Um, And this show is going to be really dedicated to the franchisors. So if you're a franchisor, if you're new and taking your concept, your business to a franchise model, this is for you. I recently read an article that went like this. One of the biggest challenges to growing a franchise system is bringing the right franchisees on board. This is critical, folks. The long-term success of a franchise will depend largely on the quality of franchisees. The challenge is finding the right people with the right qualifications. My guest today is Marcy Olinger, and Marcy it does exactly that for franchisors. She has over 30 years of experience in management, um, business development, business coaching, and entrepreneurship. She has owned a franchise where she coached people who were exploring self-employment as a career option. Today, she is a franchise development professional working with franchise companies to find the right people. Marcy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Linda. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're here as well because so many times um, a, a new franchise or will think their widget is enough. And when someone comes in, they're interested in their widget and being a part of their team, they sign them up. So, Marcy, how did you see that, or why did you see that this was such a critical piece? I know you've been a franchise owner. Did it start back then? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I worked with them at that time when I had my franchise um, and worked with people that were exploring franchising and, and self-employment. Um, it was really clear to see that some people just were not prepared. So mm -hmm. I felt like part of my job was to help get them ready to own a business um, and help them to really explore. I think one of the things that I was uh, kind of didn't understand when I first got into franchising was I really thought, hey, if I've got the money, they're going to want me. And right. that I, I soon found out that that's not necessarily true. Um, the franchisors that I really enjoy working with are those that want to create successful business people. And one of the ways to do that is to make sure that you bring the right people into the brand that, are, that have a higher chance of success. So that was one of the top things that I was looking for when, or that I am looking for when I'm talking to franchisors to consider doing franchise development for them. 
Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about the right people, does that vary um, depending on the franchise? Absolutely. Um, I looked at different models when I looked. One of them was a closet and storage organizing concept. And, you know, I had a lot of process improvement, a lot of things that, that seemed to be a good fit for that. I also looked at one that was a transmission for your car. And while I know my car has a transmission, that's about as much as I know what it does. <laughs> so at first I thought, that's a crazy one to look at. But the more I looked at it, the more I thought, you know, as a female in an industry like that, people would already think that I was telling the truth because I was a female and I wouldn't know enough to be able to lie about it. But mm-hmm. you could also use that as a part of your marketing to bring more people and to promote your brand. So mm-hmm. as I looked at both of those, it really wasn't until I went to their discovery day. So I went through their whole discovery process, and then I visited both of them, actually both of them in the same week, So I got to see more behind the scenes who would be supporting me, who I would be working with. And the main thing that was important was what I would be doing on a daily basis. But close after that was, and who am I going to be doing it with? So Mm -hmm. are the people in charge of this brand the kind of people that I want to work with? And and that was a huge part of making that decision. Mm -hmm. And now from the, the flip side of that, Marcy, Aren't they looking for the same thing? Who is it that they want to work with? Who do they want to represent their brand? Yeah, absolutely. The franchisor is very concerned about that because they're basically taking on a partner. So they do not want to bring somebody in that's not going to be successful. The, the, problem, that, that it, the problem would be if you were not being careful and you were just taking them because they had the money, is that if they don't make it, one, it hurts your brand. Two, it hurts your other franchisees because somebody didn't make it. And then three, that individual poured their heart and soul into it, and they lost it. So that's not good for them. But the franchisor has way more invested in that franchisee than they're ever going to collect from a franchise fee. So they what you, want What do you mean by So let's let's talk a little bit about that Marcy. What do you mean by that that the franchisor has a lot invested in that franchisee? They they spend a lot of time um up front with a new franchisee because one they're going to have the training. So that part of it is going to cost them. It's a part of their marketing budget. So they it, they have to bring in new candidates. And believe me, just being a franchisor doesn't mean good candidates are going to come to you. So there's a lot of time and effort and money that's put into bringing the right candidates into you. And then they also have a lot more hand-holding at the beginning. So good mm-hmm. franchisors are right there every step of the way with their new franchisees, and they're spending a lot of time and money on that individual. So the mm-hmm. franchise fee itself is basically a loss leader. Where they're going to make mm-hmm. money is long-term in royalties. So mm-hmm. if that individual does not make it, they're going to have paid all that money up front to bring them on, train them, get them going, and then doesn't make it, so they really never recoup their money. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to a franchisee, um, is there an assessment that you put them through? How do you how do you identify 
oh, they've got what it takes to take them to the next level and present them to the franchisor. Um, it, you know, with every franchisor that I've ever worked with, that was a huge part of it. There's a discovery process. So the fact that I've worked with so many people as they went through this process, I pretty much know what do they need to know when. If we dumped everything on them right during that first conversation, they would never get anywhere. So right. we need to start. I think of it as painting a picture. So if we were painting a picture together, the first thing we got to do is outline what that picture looks like. And then each step of the way, we're filling in more of that picture. So the first part of it is we both get, need to get to know each other. We need to understand their background, their strengths, their likes, their dislikes, their goals, what they want to accomplish financially. Are they um, suitable for the franchise? Do they have enough money to back them if things don't go just as planned? Um, but once we get through that, then there is some testing that you want to do. And they are assessments, um, fairly simple. And obviously by having worked with so many people over the years, I, I have a pretty good idea. But it's always nice to get somebody else's opinion. And there's a lot of, of expert programs out there that you can run people through to get an assessment of how they do work. Mm -hmm. So that's always part of it. It's understanding uh, what they would be doing on a daily basis, and one of the best ways to find that out is to talk to other franchisees. So that's mm -hmm. always a huge part. We obviously have the obligation of sharing our FDD with them, which is the Franchise Disclosure Document, which is a long, long legalese document, but there's a ton of good information in there. So they need to look through that. We need to be able to answer questions for them. And then last step is typically that discovery day where you have a chance to meet face-to-face -face with the people who would be supporting you, the lead team, and understand more about how it's going to work if that's your franchise. And usually by that time, they both have a pretty good idea. So once the franchise, or potential franchisee goes through, then the franchisor, all their lead team gets together, they talk about it, and make a decision of whether they want to make an offer to that individual. And then the, it, it's in the, the individual's court. So it's up to mm -hmm. them at that point to decide, is this something that I want to do? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because um, you and I were talking in the green room that many times someone that is looking at franchises, they don't realize that those franchises are awarded, that they don't necessarily just write the check, purchase it, and move on, that it is, like you said, a partnership. So both partners have to agree to that. So tell me a little bit more about how that's awarded. Uh, I know that you, you talk to the prospect and then you get them to the point where you kind of hand them over somewhat to the franchisor. So what does it look like once the franchisor has taken it over? It really, um, at, at that point, it's still a partnership between me and the franchisor. They're having an opportunity to talk to uh, different people in leadership or different people that handle different parts of franchisee um, support. But it's also helping that individual reach that decision of whether or not it's right for them. So I feel like part of my background as a business coach has made it so that I'm able to work with that individual and kind of help them get out of their own way. A lot of times, it, it, it's like you mentioned a while ago, and 
people get emotionally charged about the widget instead of mm-hmm. looking at what would I be doing. And mm-hmm. they and, and sometimes the first thing they want to know is how much money can I make. And, yep. you know, I'm not saying that's not important. Of course that's important information, but it's not the first thing or even the most important thing that you need to understand. So if this is something that you're going to jump into, you're going to need to jump in with both feet, and you need to know what you're jumping into. So really put put everything into it to find out everything you can about that franchisor and their systems, not just the widget systems, but what are their franchise systems that are set up specifically to help support the franchisees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I'm noticing now, Marcy, is that, those franchisors that were able to pivot quickly during this time, and folks, for those of you that are listening to the recording, it's September the 14th, 2020. I need to say no more. So for those that have been able to pivot quickly and support their franchisees, those are now great stories that will help in the future when these prospective franchisees come in and say, uh, what did you do? So that's going to be a big uh, selling feature as well. Uh, I would think even more so than their widget, right, is how quickly were you able to help and support the franchisees? So what have you seen around that? How have you seen some of the franchisors to make adjustments that – have been able to continue to help their franchisees be successful during this time? I think one of the first things that the franchisors did as part of that discovery process, that discovery day is usually held at the franchisor's location. So that is where the face-to-face happens. Well, unfortunately, we just can't travel like we used to. Right. So most franchisors have made their discovery day optional, at the very least, that you could do it um, virtually. Some of them still require that you visit, and I don't think that's going to work very well. I mean, there's some people that um, I worked with when I was um, back whenever COVID first hit, and the candidate was very excited about the brand. The brand was excited about them, but it came to the time where it was time for Discovery Day, and he's like, I'm not ready to travel. Um, So we offered the virtual um, discovery day to him, and he said, I think it's too important for us to be able to meet face-to-face. I would rather wait until we could travel. Uh So being able to respond to each individual candidate, if they're a good, strong candidate, um, I think is paramount to this process and to both the franchisor and the franchisee. But as far Mm -hmm. as supporting their individual franchisees, best place to find out about that is when you talk to the franchisees. Because if if I tell them as the franchise representative, yeah, we we turned on a dime and we were able to adjust immediately and we continued to support our franchisees and here's what we did to do that. And then when they talk to the franchisees and the franchisee says, oh gosh, it was a terrible time and I didn't know if I was right. going to be able to get, keep my business and the <laughs> franchisor didn't know what to do, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. So that individual is certainly going to want to talk to other franchisees to find out, did everybody feel like that, or was mm-hmm. it just that one franchisee? Mm-hmm. So that's the mm-hmm. great thing about being able to talk to the other franchisees. You get it such a different perspective. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And um, folks, those that are you are listening and you're you're new to the the franchise idea. Um, part of what happens when you are going through this uh, discovery process is that the franchisor will give you the names of several um, franchisees, and you get to have a real discussion and that's where you get to ask those questions and just like what Marcy's saying you get to listen and say how did they handle that Uh, give me an example of when it you weren't didn't feel supported by the franchisor those are really good questions to ask so um, Marcy are you a part of those conversations when they start having those conversations with um, current franchisees no um, nobody from the lead team is is on those calls so it's really a one-on-one call we want you okay. to get the real deal the good the bad and the ugly we don't expect every franchisee to say we're perfect and if they did then wouldn't we all be suspect on that because we yeah. can't be perfect but as long mm-hmm. as we are there to support our franchisees and we're doing Mm -hmm. things to support that and to build our infrastructure and be able to not only help the new franchisees but those that have been in it for a while and we're staying ahead of the curve in our industry and what we're doing then that's going to come through when you talk to those franchisees Mm -hmm. now marcy there are those tire kickers and by tire kickers i say those people that are just um perpetually looking for something. Um, when you find someone that you feel that is stuck in the um, analysis, paralysis, I think is what they call, or paralysis by analysis, whatever that is that saying is, how do you get them, how do you determine whether they are really serious about moving forward or whether they um, are just not going to be able to take that next step? I think there's a couple of things on that. One of them is the assessment tool that you use is going to give me um, an indication that they are Mm -hmm. going to get stuck in analysis paralysis. So I can deal Mm -hmm. with that ahead of time. I can mention that they might have a tendency to go into analysis paralysis and get there okay, that if that were to happen, then I can point it out to them. Mm -hmm. So it, it seems to kind of make that easier to um, bring up. But the other thing is I cannot be afraid of having a difficult conversation with this individual. I need to be right up front. You know, my job is not to become their friend. It really is to help them get to their decision and help the franchisor find the right partners. So Mm -hmm. if I just let them go and willy-nilly call as many as they want and just continue on and on and on, it doesn't work so well for anybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you actually have to pull it back a little bit. So um, people that want to just skip through the process and do it their way probably aren't going to be very good franchise candidates. So we're mm-hmm. going to have to have a conversation about that. And hopefully they're working with a broker like you um, mm-hmm. because I can work with the broker to help both of us coach that individual better. But Usually it doesn't take much, or those that really just want to do it their way, okay, let them go about their way and do it elsewhere. (laughs) Right, right. Because if they're not willing to go through the process, then are they really going to want to plug in to that system 
where there is a system already in place and not try to go recreate the wheel. That's why people buy into a franchise is so that they don't have to recreate the wheel, right? Exactly. And that's yeah. one of the things that hopefully they realized, and I try to point this out at the very beginning, that our process is designed to check them out. So my mm-hmm. job is twofold. One, it's to help them get all of the information they want, but it's also for me to um, put them, make them jump through a few hoops to see do we feel like this would be a good candidate. So I'm analyzing mm-hmm. every step of the way. I'm not just trying to sell them. I'm trying to find out who is this I'm dealing with and do they have a good chance of being successful in this brand. Mm-hmm. Because it, at some point, they are only human. At some point, they will feel uncomfortable, especially if they've had a job. Maybe if they're coming out of corporate. This is so brand new. So how do you prepare them for the the, just being prepared for the fact that you're going to feel uncomfortable? You're going to feel a flinch. You're going to feel stretched. Uh, Do you talk to them about that up front? Yeah, it's kind of the same way as I mentioned a while ago. If you can bring it up ahead of time, the yeah. major uh, that where most people have issues, and then you bring it up ahead of time, so they're already inoculated to that, and yeah. it makes it easier as they go through that. I remember when I went through my process, I got to the end, and I did what we call turning the stones. Um, I, I was down to where I, ha- I had three really good options that I was considering, and I just felt like, why doesn't this coach just tell me what to do because he knows right. me and he knows the brands. And then I realized, it's, what do I care what he says? I'm the one that makes the decision. But mm-hmm. all of a sudden I saw, and believe it or not, it was a Curves franchise, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I should have a Curves. Hadn't looked at it, hadn't talked to him, hadn't even thought about it, had no idea what I would be doing on a daily basis. But here I am checking to see if there's territory available in my area. And that's a common thing. We get to that point and we start to get cold feet just a little bit. Mhm. Mhm. And and so then you start thinking, well, maybe I'm missing out on a better yeah. opportunity. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe if I looked up a little bit longer, I would I would find that perfect one. Yeah. And yeah. and it yeah. So um, I guess it's sort of like being. Um, belonging to one of those dating sites you think oh my goodness there's got to be another one out there that has all their teeth (laughs) so you know you just kind of keep looking and looking each one of them is going to have a challenge right every there like you said nothing is perfect and just knowing up front that there are going to be some challenges kind of prepares them so that when it happens they're not taken by surprise and uh, taken off guard, I guess I should say. Yep. Yeah. It's helping them to know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So I know whenever mm-hmm. I was originally looking, I had no idea what I wanted. I mean, my idea of small business was retail. Yeah. And, you know, right. it was going to be people coming to me, and I was going to have lots of employees. And the more I looked at that, the more I thought, wow, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And is that part of what the assessment will tell you is if that person is comfortable in um, 
going out and, and looking for business or if they want just a brick-and-mortar storefront? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a part of it, but it's also part of the discovery process itself. We're trying to – and it's one of the reasons why working with a broker is important because with the broker, you're typically going to look at, very seriously, three different opportunities. So it's like you you might think this is the best thing since sliced bread if you have nothing to compare it to. Right. But if you look at something that's a retail model and you look at something that's a home-based model and you look at one that's an office or an industrial-type model, then suddenly you start to see the differences in those businesses and what your day is going to look like. So what kind of people mm-hmm. do you want to work with? Or what kind of employees? What kind of customers? That's all a part of how that decision is made. So it's mm-hmm. why it's so important that there are several people in this process with you. You don't try to go at it alone. There really is too much that you don't know. So it's mm-hmm. great to have a franchise professional that's taking you through that to help you to stretch you out of that comfort zone a little bit and maybe consider something that you've never thought of. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly right. Marky, we've come up on the um, a point where I need to take a commercial break. I love stories. Everybody that listens to my show, they know I love stories. Do you happen to have a story that you can share with us when we come back from break? Sure. Very good. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we'll be back with more from Marcy Olinger. Ready to update your tired old kitchen or bathroom? Then you need to call Gambone's Custom Home Improvements. Gambone's does all phases of remodeling, specializing in kitchen and bath remodels. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements is a company you can trust. Family owned and operated with an A-plus rating with a BBB. Call Gambone's today, 832-437-8898, or check them out on the web at GamboneCHI.com. That's GamboneCHI.com. Gambone's Custom Home Improvements, where you will get quality work at a quality price. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan, whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Jest Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Biostatus. We're here today with Marcy Olinger, and we are talking about the franchisor perspective here. So, Marcy, when I broke for commercial break, I asked you if you happen to have some stories you could share with us. Sure. Um, I think I have one that's a very good example of the franchisor saying no. Um, We had a candidate that was an E2 visa candidate, so they were coming from a different country and wanted to relocate to America. And 
as we went through the process, we found out that if he were to become a franchisee, he had a specific period of time that if his business was not successful in that, and I believe it was two years, um, in that two years, he would be deported. Mm. And while we felt like he probably would be a good candidate and that we were there to help support, that was just a little bit too much risk. So what we did is we looked for a couple of opportunities that we had that would be resale opportunities. So they were already providing an income. So even if he didn't grow that business, it would still be successful. And Mm. we limited that individual to only look at those resales rather than start from scratch. Oh, that was a smart approach there because they were already, they already had a certain amount of book of business and uh, some success, and they still had time to um, make it even more successful. That was a smart approach there, uh, Marcy. So do you, when it comes to resale, so you mentioned that. So let's, let's talk about that just a little bit. Is it different when you're looking uh, for a candidate for a resale, or are you looking for the same thing? No, we're looking for the same thing. We're going to make yeah. that individual go through the process just like we would any other candidate because, again, we want to make sure that they have all the background, um, the skills, the, the mindset, the work ethic, the things that are going to point to success for them as a business owner. Um, they'll, they'll have numbers that the others wouldn't have. Um, if you mm-hmm. were starting from scratch, obviously you don't have the numbers. You have the numbers of other franchisees and whatever financial information is included in the franchise disclosure document. But that's not the same as seeing the actual numbers of that location. So it's actually better to buy a resale franchise than an independent business because you still have the help and support of the franchisor, and the franchisor treats you as a new franchisee. So you'll still go through all the training, all the help and support that a new franchisee would. So you've Mm -hmm. got that of the systems, but you also have a, a built-in revenue. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point there. So, Marcy, um, I know that you work with franchisors. Uh, who in particular would be a, a good fit for you, you when you're working with a franchisor? What are you looking for in clients um, from, you know, as a franchisor? Who are you looking for? Well, first and foremost is, are they in business to create successful business people? Mm -hmm. Um, I have definitely seen franchise brands that were much more concerned about lining their pockets than Mm -hmm. they were at creating successful business people, and that would be, well, more than a red flag. (laughs) That would just be a no, not interested. Mm -hmm. The other Mm -hmm. thing is, are they coachable? So not only do I like to coach the individuals that are coming through it, but I like to be able to, to coach the franchise, um, the franchisor. They may not know as much about franchise development as I do. So if they have a process, my goal is to understand what that process is and how I could make improvements in that. And I need to feel comfortable and confident that they would give me that voice. So they're mm-hmm. going to listen to Um, suggestions and work with me to improve the process so that we work well together. Um, Sometimes uh, a franchisor, when they're just starting out, because I love to work with emerging brands, um, and typically Mm -hmm. they have fewer 
franchisees and their systems are more flexible. But as long as they have the, the infrastructure to support the existing franchisees, we can work on that franchise development part of it. So that part of it I can work with. That's where I'm good at it. I also love to be able to coach their franchisees. So if, if they need a business coach to work with their franchisees, that's a big part of it as well. So I really mm-hmm. like the idea of getting in and knowing everything there is about that brand and how everybody works together and how they support those franchisees. And then if I can help those franchisees to be better business people, and then if I can help the franchisor to be better business people, that's a perfect fit. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Marcy. If there is a franchisor listening and they feel that they need some help, that um, they they need an expert like yourself with the 30-plus years of experience in you know, business development and, and coaching and all, how would they get in touch with you? My um, email address is Marcy Olinger. That's M-A-R-C-I-E-O-L-I-N-G-E-R at gmail.com. And my phone number is 660-268-8009. Great. Marcy, we, I know you've answered these questions before, but these are those final questions that I ask everybody. And the first one is, if there is someone listening that's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? Call Linda. <laughs> Listen to you. <laughs> I cannot stress the value of having a, an, a consultant, a coach, a broker, whatever you want to term it, um, as part of your process. They really are in the business to help you get to the right decision. So they bring so much value to the table that you're, you're just ten times better off to be working with somebody that really cares about you and helping you find the right thing. So first and foremost, I'd say work with a broker. Yeah, I appreciate that because it is a very complicated um, process to go through if you're doing it alone. And I always say if you contact the franchise directly, you could be just getting the brochure version. You could be getting one of those that you just described, Marcy, is they're just wanting to line their pockets. So they're just wanting to make sure that that they get as many people signed up and as, sell as many territories as possible. So that's, that's really critical. You're right. So the second one here is what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? One of them would be willing to follow a proven process. Um, I like to think about it as a wheel. So the franchisor has created the wheel Um, You may still put your own spokes in or whatever they call them. (laughs) I think they're spokes, Mm -hmm. spikes, Mm -hmm. whatever. But you may put your own in there, but the franchisor is going to be looking for somebody that's willing to follow their proven process. And if what you really want to do is come in and change the whole thing, franchising is not a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And I think the other one is um, to have an open mind. Realize that maybe you don't know everything. And you don't know what you don't know. So having uh, the broker to work with you, like Linda, to be able to help you get out of your own way and consider things that you've never thought of before can often be a huge benefit to you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, most definitely. You know, I've, I've even said, leave your executive hat at the door. Because many times uh, someone's coming out of corporate and they've been an executive and they're used to making those decisions. They're used to, um, you know, knowing, being in a position where they know most everything. Well, it's okay not to know everything in this. It's, It's okay. It really is. You're not supposed to know it all. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? I think, uh, the future's so bright, we got to wear shades. I believe that yeah. um, franchising is stronger than ever for those that were able to adapt to what's happened to us in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also all about finding the right fit. So finding the best system is not necessarily going to be the same for me as it would be for you. Mm-hmm. So, again, keeping an open mind and, and helping to find that right fit with the franchisor is what it's really going to be. But that's where I also think it's hugely important to know who's your leadership team and Mm -hmm. do they know what's going on in this environment and are they able to adapt to whatever comes along? Are they looking at it from 30,000 feet so that you can focus on your individual franchise, your individual business, um, and, and know that you've got the strength of not only the franchisor, But all the other franchisees, there's a lot of knowledge that you can gain from the other franchisees within a system. So Mm -hmm. I I think the good ones will prosper. Um, There will be some that will be pushed out. But you know what? That happens always. So this Mm -hmm. may make it harder on some of them. And I know retail certainly is suffering right now, but still lots of potential. And lots of different companies are adapting and and doing things that maybe they should have done before. But, you know, why do it if you don't have to? Well, we've all Mm -hmm. had to. So look for those that are ahead of the curve, and especially from a technology perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. Somebody that says, oh, we don't do that online, they just talk individually, could maybe be a red flag. Sure. Um, whereas somebody that is technologically savvy, they use online tools, um, techniques, systems, things that are going to make your business easier are going to make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most most certainly, most certainly. Those that were able to, maybe they already had the infrastructure set up but had not, didn't really know exactly how they were going to use it. Uh, they found out very quickly how to use uh, the technology in a way that supported their whole business. So there may have been a little bit of a, a glitch or a, a pause, so to speak, but those that were able to pivot quickly, it really does speak to their leadership, really yep. does. Marcy, one more time, if somebody is listening out there and they want more information on how to bring you in to their franchise and help them to build their brand, how would they get in touch with you? My phone number is 660-268-8009, and my email is marcyolinger at gmail.com. Wonderful. Marcy, thanks so much for being on the show today. Learn so much. I really value your input on this. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you, Linda. Absolutely. So, folks, you know, we've talked about um, the perspective of a franchisee for 
most of the shows, you know, a lot of them were based on that. But this was a great opportunity for you to see exactly what a franchisor is looking for. And someone like Marcy knows how to go out and find a franchisee that fits well. The last thing you want to be is that franchisee that goes through the process, maybe even they sign the the contract, the FDD and all, and then you go, holy cow, what have I done? This was not a good fit. So just be sure that you know that this is a hiring process on both sides. You might as well look at it that way. And uh, that's exactly what the quote that I want to leave you with today. It is hire right because the penalties of hiring long are huge. This is a quote by Ray Dalio. He's a philanthropist. So the, the penalties for a franchisor to bring in the wrong franchisee, they're huge. Not just for the franchisee, the franchisor, and the brand just like Marcy described. Folks, thanks so much for being with me today on All Things Franchising. See you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.